0: Bottom line is the worst thing that ever happened to me was losing my brother. Yeah. There's just, you know, n- no no comparison to having something like that happen. But mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a feeling Christopher would be saying to me, dude, dude, no, 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 no. I don't want to come back, bro. Seriously, no, yeah. No He's no. like, you have, he goes, I can't wait till you get here. That would be the worst thing. I don't know that I've, Gotten to the point where I know the best thing that's come out of it yet. If I could take Sage back for 30 seconds and give everything out, I would
1: take. It. But I can see the blessings in it. I'm sure you're finding some of them too painful. Yeah. And it's a journey. And yeah, a bad day. I have bad days. There's some, some days just suck.
0: Yeah. There. Yeah. There's days where you just, you just that. There's that overwhelming sense of missing your loved one who's gone.
1: My friend Tim O'Neill says, uh, "You're having a bad day, not a bad life."
2: Welcome to the Good Grief Good God Show, episode 18, part two, hosted by Grammy nominee and Emmy award-winning hit songwriter of 15 top 10 songs, including nine number ones, Brad Warren of the Warren Brothers. Join Brad during season one monthly on the first and third Tuesdays on your favorite audio platform or video on YouTube for raw, honest conversation about surviving things that suck. For today's episode, Brad welcomes actor, director, and writer, Eric Close. Eric has starred in dozens of TV shows, including Without a Trace as FBI agent Martin Fitzgerald and Nashville as Nashville's mayor, Teddy Conrad. Strauss Zelnick, a mutual friend of Brad and Eric's, was spot on when he predicted a lifelong friendship before introducing them over 20 years ago. A friendship that included Eric being there without hesitation for Brad when Brad's oldest son Sage passed away to Brad being there for Eric when Eric's brother Christopher succumbed to cancer. You're about to find out that Eric is a God-fearing husband, father, brother, and, of course, a close and dear friend to Brad and Michelle. Before we begin, note this Tuesday, September 5th, Brad welcomes his brother, Brett Warren, for season one's finale. Make sure to follow the show on your favorite social media platform as we will be posting frequently through the winter and where we will be announcing season two's premiere in early 2024. I'm producer Matt Pivita. To learn more about today's guest, Brad, and the show, check the description where you'll also find clickable links to connect to the show on social media and to visit GoodGriefGoodGodShow.com. Lastly, if you'd like to help support the show, hit that like and subscribe button and leave us a comment or a five-star review. On behalf of Brad's wife, Michelle, and segment producer and guest booker, Lisa Bolt, thank you for tuning in. Good Grief, Good God shows brought to you loving memory of sage Michael Warren.
1: So, um, we, I, I forgot to give you, I have a quote for everyone. This is a quote from Ewan McGregor. Um, it's just on, Did you ever see those shows long way around where he just rides a motorcycle across the universe? Yeah,
0: I didn't, I didn't see him because I I figured if I watched him, I'd be so like envious that I'd, it would make me depressed and yeah, we would, do, we I would like be taking some motorcycle
1: yeah. journey we were not I prepared want to be for at all show. Yeah. it's so cool anyway he had a quote in that show that i wrote down a long time ago and it uh the quote is interruptions are the journey and uh i always feel like you and your brothers had to give credit to your parents or whatever but you literally never got so focused on the end that you weren't enjoying i feel like you're, you're in the moment more than most people that i and that's a family thing i think probably the idea that that your mother is not from here or something but you guys are so like you're oh, always studying in spain and my family if someone was studying in spain we took out a billboard on the interstate because they had someone a warren had made it to spain <laughs> you know um and it's just nonchalantly like you guys just have gone out and experienced the whole world and and i feel like that interruptions have been the journey
0: that's a that's a really cool quote i'm gonna have to i will write that down i have a i have my phone i have a, I have a like in my notes quotes. I've got hundreds of them, It's interesting. So uh, real quick, so I think it comes from both sides of my family. One is, you know, my family, like most of us, come from immigrants. Mine more recently, because my mom escaped Hungary in 1956 when the Hungarians revolted against the communists. Um, And then there was this, you know, Hungarian revolution in 56, and that's when my mom and her parents were able to escape. My dad, immigrants from England and Germany, came over and kind of found their way into farming and then into Indiana. But my dad, at five years old, knew he wanted to be a doctor, and he knew he didn't want to stay in a small little town in Indiana. Okay, that just was him. He got into Boy Scouts. He had a cool uncle, this guy Uncle Leroy, who like took him to California when he was a kid to go to the Boy Scouts jamboree, and they were just and so my dad already had this wanderlust, this sense of just wanting to get out and experience the world. And so my dad, you know, was a, a real hands-on dad, always there for us, as busy as he was with his career as a surgeon. He never let that take away from his being a dad. he so made our soccer games. He made our plays. He was always there. I don't know how he did. He just was – that's the kind of dad he was. And he is. I mean, he's still that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. my dad's still in the gym at 83 and working four days a week. I don't even work four days a week. I know. I, know, I don't either. I only work four days a month now. So it's, it's all good, though. So um, anyway, he um, – so he instilled in us the sense of – Adventure. They took us camping, and I know I know Michelle loves camping. No, so no, it's like so camping, traveling, sailing. I mean, we grew up. My brothers and I grew up. We were exposed to so many different things, crazy things, and fun uh, across the We've just had a, a pretty wild life. My mom uh, grew up in Hungary till she. So she was uh, thirteen when she escaped, but when she was two my grandfather was arrested because he worked for the Hungarian government and the communists took over and, you know, because at that point uh, they didn't want to be aligned with Germany, but they didn't want to be aligned with Russia and America kind of took protection away and then they got taken over. Well, they grabbed my grandfather and took him away for 11 years. He was a prisoner of war. Holy cow. So they, my mom and my grandmother didn't even know where he was for eight years. And then he finally was able to get a note to them that I'm alive. You know, imagine that you think, is he dead? Is he gone? Where is he? But my grandmother kept hope. But here's a crazy story. And these moments happen in life and and you have to take advantage of them. My grandmother told this story and I have it on tape. When my mom was a baby, after my grandfather had been taken away and the war was raging, there were all these air raids over Europe and they were just dropping bombs on just everything and just obliterating cities and my mom and my grandmother lived in an apartment in budapest and there was a group of friends they hung out with and there one of the friends in the group had this beautiful big home with a big cellar and the basement and all thing and they this woman said we're all going to my house and we're going to hunker down in the basement till the air raids are over so they are all going there on foot and my grandmother's carrying my mom and all of a sudden my grandmother just stops and goes I need to go back to the apartment. I I, I can't go with you guys. And, and they're like, no, you'll die. You have to come with us. You'll die. And sh- she's like, I need to go back to the apartment because if my husband is alive, he'll come there. Okay? So she goes with my mom back to the apartment during these raids. The rest of that group of people went to that woman's house and went down in the basement and a bomb dropped on that house and killed all of them. Okay? So now my grandmother listened to her gut that happens, like that story get the of getting the slow lane. Yeah, then they escape, and finally, in 1956, after all these years, so your grandfather gets out of prison years later. Though he didn't come back, so they then my grandmother goes. To oh, back so they didn't the, escape. No, What's your grandfather? Not yet. This is this is early in the war. Now they go back to this apartment. They live their life. My grandmother's got to tell people that she is. She had to lie and say that she was divorced so they would, so she could get food and all this stuff, just you know, because if you were married, then it was like, you have some, oops, sorry, you have a husband take care of you. Anyway, they escape in 56 and they come over here. My grandparents had such an optimistic, and my mom especially. My mom is like, if you know my mom, it things can be really bad and she just finds the positive. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I was I was talking to you guys when we took a break earlier about grieving well. And there are people that, when they, like you guys, it is painful and it's terrible as this your experience was. You have guys taken that and you've you've taken your grief and you've turned it into something positive for others. You're sharing yeah. your grief with others. You're sharing your journey with others. Doing this, getting involved outside of this, you know, and the things you've done, the men's group, you know, for dads who've lost yeah. kids, you know, you and, and you and you found the positive in it. You could have just. In, imploded on in yourselves and hide out in your house here and not done anything and just been miserable. And you haven't done that. You've taken, you know, you've allowed God to use your life to make a difference. And I found my mom, she's, I always tell this about my mom. She looks at a mud puddle and she finds the beauty in it. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, look how the sunlight's glistening off the, the muddy water, right? And I, I, She and so is. And that I, was instilled in us yeah, as, as kids. Is. And so Christopher, Randy, and I, we have just always had this sort of like we just want to enjoy life and see the positive in it. It's not always that way. You know, I've told you I've, you know, struggle with anxiety. So those moments when I'm really anxious and struggling, it, I hate it and it gets me down, but, or, you know, if work's not going well, I struggle, whatever those things are, we all have those. Yeah. Um, but overall, there's just this sort of outlook. And, a, I had a big pivotal moment in my life in my, when I was 40 years old. So my roommate from college, um, his name was Dave. And, uh, and um, our fraternity caught fire um, uh, the week before school started. And there was about 55 guys in this house. And the house burned down in five minutes. I mean, the entire two-story house, went, it went so fast and nobody died, okay? People were jumping out of windows. Well, my roommate, Dave, was. he wouldn't wake up. And I don't know. I think he'd been out drinking or whatever. And I woke him up and got him. I'm like, dude, we got to get out of here. And, and by the time I got him out of the bed, his bed was on fire. So we jump out the window and he was one of my best friends and he was an awesome dude. He was an amazing guitarist. He was, Eddie Van Halen was like his heroes. He was just ripped on the guitar. He was just a cool, talented guy. Well, jump forward. um, Now we're 40. He's living in the Bay area. He's doing whatever he does business wise. And I think he fell he had something that didn't go right in business or whatever. Anyway, he started reaching out to me and I was so caught up in my own, stuff and my, you know, trying to make it as an actor and my family, Mm -hmm. I was growing a family that I didn't really give him the time that I think he was looking for. Mm -hmm. And it's not my fault, but it weighed heavy on me because on July 4th of that year of his 40th year, he killed himself, shot himself. Wow. And dude... I already lived life, I felt like, to the fullest, Mm -hmm. but that was life-changing to me because I was like, I'm not gonna miss an opportunity anymore to be intentional about my relationships and the people I meet. Because people wanna be, people, a lot of people are going through grief alone, um, pain alone, they're trying to navigate life alone. And man, community is so important and just being, being, you know what it feels like when someone acknowledges you or just pays attention to you. Like uh, here's something, the simplest thing is a smile. Like if some, we were in the airport. I was, I got off the plane when I landed here in Nashville two nights ago, and the girl sitting next to me looks at me. and She goes, what? "Do I watch you on Nashville?" She goes, "She goes, I'm watching that show right now. You're on, you're on Nashville." And I go, "Yeah, I am." And then she's like, "Oh my god, it's so cool." So we chat a little bit. Well, We get off the plane, and she says, "My kids aren't going to believe me." She goes, "They'll be cool, you know, if I if I took a picture." That, or she goes, "My kids aren't going to believe me." That's all she said. Yeah. Well, she meets up with her group and her husband and they're walking along and I'm almost out of the security out into the baggage claim. And I turn around and I go, hey, I, I don't want to be presumptuous, but if you want to grab a pick to, you know, she goes, so would so you do yeah, that? Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, it doesn't benefit me at all. But that moment, it's amazing how it can change a person's just how they feel now she's going to go home and go hey look i met this guy and he was cool and we hung out and he was great whatever and it just as opposed to me just saying i could have been like yeah you know i don't take pictures with people i don't do yeah. you know oh, yeah. you get that like people like, yeah don't bother me or whatever it is i'm just it doesn't take a lot of effort to just be cool and it change somebody's time. day. It does. Totally. Like,
1: oh, I'm so I'm so exhausted with the fact that you know who I am. This is really <laughs>
0: most yeah. people don't. So it's like yeah, you know, yeah. Well well, yeah I mean,
1: like, well, well, actually, you know, it's funny. You're you're a famous guy. You don't ever act like you never bring it up. But you, I mean, you're on like television shows especially like without a trace was like i felt like everyone watched that
0: yeah oh. now a whole new generation is watching that show Is it so, like, really? I'll, I'll meet kids they'll go yeah when i was little my parents wouldn't let me watch your show but now i can watch it because i'm 20 something i'm like boy am i getting old you know, yeah, like, yeah but it's how cool is that like you know, I'll get a residual check from a show that I did 25 30 years ago, and I'm like, Nice, you know, that's pretty it's good. Five cents, that's but pretty it's pretty good. I'm gonna say, <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah, five, residual my from residual Trump check is 25 years ago. It costs ago. more to send the, the residual check than the, the residual check. Like, work. they don't have
1: to send it unless it's more than the stamp or something, so yeah. it'll build up and get like the 86 cents yeah. when they send it. But that is something you you start conversations but We're in Florida and we're in line at the coffee shop down the street from my house, and you're literally starting like a full conversation with someone, and it's not. Some people, it's nice when anyone does it, but some people do it like they're doing an experiment or a class project. You know, let me let me talk to the commoner, whatever it might be. You literally, I seem to be interested in everyone and their story, and and that makes you and your brothers. But specifically, you, because I've been around a lot, and and your parents, you just you really are in the moment. You don't you're not looking past someone to see if there's someone more interesting you should be talking to. You're like. In that moment, and you find the uh, the intense part of the story in everyone's story because there is a great part of everyone's story. They might not be great at orating it. They might not have a platform like being an actor or, or a musician to stand on to tell it. But everyone has a great story. Um, so if it's, you've absolutely. made it ten years in this life, there's a story. I mean, there's and and you've take you take the time to to hear that from people, and it's cool. I think you give um, young actor permission to be. A Christian who and I I don't even want to use the word Christian like as in the fundamental tunnel that we have. I mean like a good man a God fearing, loving man that's a good father and a husband. Um and every time you do something like that, you're given permission for some young actor to go, yeah, I actually don't have to be a piece of shit to be a successful actor. Yeah. Although sometimes or a total (laughs) disaster. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know,
0: you can be you could be good at what you do. I mean, look, we all have our we all have our stuff, our flaws, our, you know, you can use that in your work. Um And, uh, you know, for me, where my faith comes into play in my work is when I'm on set. It's like, how do I, what's important to me is how I interact with the people I work with. It's, I mean, I want to do a good job with my work. Okay. But. I'm acting, I'm playing, sometimes I play some, like that movie you referenced, you know, Stranger Beside Me, I played like a rapist Navy guy, you know, it was, like, it was a true story about this crazy guy who was going around, you know, it was awful. But to dive into that character, um, you know, as a man of faith was, I like that. I loved that, that challenger, Travis Tanner on Suits. I mean, that guy's an asshole and I yeah. love it. He's done, yeah. he's misunderstood, I should say, yeah. but I love it. But when I'm interacting with people on set, it's again, it, it comes back to that thing where everybody matters. Everybody matters. the the PA who's running coffee, they want to be the director next year. They want to be something. They're not. They don't want to run coffee the rest of their career in Hollywood. And they might be yeah. the director next year. Yeah, they might. <laughs> and and you want to encourage them, and you want them to make to make them feel validated. I've had some really cool. As when I'm directing, I've had some really cool suggestions come from someone who's the coffee runner. Who they kind of go, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not supposed to speak up, but you ever thought at this angle? And I'm like. That's the best idea I've heard all day, dude. It's like <laughs> right that. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, the rest of you. The, you know, it's like, yeah. but it's it's like, I just want people to, I think it empowers people to want to, you know, succeed and and be courageous because it's, it's an insecure business. I mean, you're, especially for actors, you're out front and center. I mean, your face is up there and- I
1: have to return to something you yeah. said early about the uh the in the school play you memorized everybody's line. <laughs> because uh Brett and I had breakfast with Garrett Hedlund the other day. You know, I'm do you know Garrett? Yeah, but and there's actor. Guys, yeah. So, um, I think
0: we had I think we had breakfast at like Waffle House or something.
1: Pro- probably. Yeah. Uh but uh he was talking about memor I'm like, how do how do you just how do you memorize the whole script? And he's got this thing where he writes it all out and doesn't and I, I just think it's it literally has to be some sort of um genetic thing where you're you could look at something and know you can memorize that because i don't know that that would ever ever work for me you could hold a gun to my head i think you'd have to give me every line as it came in the conversation
0: well it's a certain part of your brain though that like some people will memorize stuff and they'll remember it the rest of their life okay that takes repetition over years so yeah. like i have some bible chapters my mom may be memorized and i could
1: bust out for you right now right but I can't remember, I couldn't memorize a script. But think.
0: my scripts, I don't remember, I remember lines, like if there's, I, like I remember lines from plays I did 30 years ago. Really? Because Oh yeah, because they're great lines. The whole script, the, 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 the monologues I had, I couldn't, no, I, I can't remember, because like, think about it, every day you go to work, I mean, the soap opera, people work on soap operas big time, because you're doing an entire episode in one day, a full script. So they have dialogue and tons of dialogue. It's crazy. I don't know that I could do it now, you know. But the next day, they have to learn a whole new script. So you just got to delete so, that information? Yeah, yeah. so you it's learn like it. a cell
1: phone. You got a certain amount of room. Delete
0: yeah, that and you yeah. put the new information. I'm always impressed with people who will, like, pull out some big, giant monologue or speech that they've remembered from 20, 30 years ago and... Uh, you know, like the Gettysburg address, and they like just laying on you, and you're like, wow, so I,
1: it's impressive. It's impressive. We, we we wrote with George Clinton once, George, George P. Funk George Clinton, you know, and, and um, he by the way, he would probably be okay with me saying this, but at the, at the time, because he's great now, I saw him a few years ago in Hawaii and he looks awesome, but he was he was like smoking crack in our office, and it was crazy. and He's an old man, and uh, he busted out this rap monologue thing that. Ten minutes long. We filmed it, you know, about wow. our blackberries, you know, long ago. It was brilliant. I'm like, oh my god, how can you remember that? That you know, that highway. It's just certain people's brains. Um, that's one of the most impressive. It's probably more impressive things than an that actor is does. But impressive. to me, yeah. to be able to just memorize, like you just memorize everyone's script. I think we have certain. I never told my kids you can do anything you want. That's not true. You're not going to play in the NBA. I mean, I, I, there's some r- realization, but you can chase any avenue you want. There's all kinds yeah. of, of sidelines on the way to your dream that you might decide to get off and stay there. Um, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a unique business, and I mean, what you do and what I do is different as it is. There's a relatability between it where you're like, oh, and I think the coming us growing is funny because we. You were certainly more accomplished when we met, uh, and 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 still are.
0: No no no, 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 I came to see you guys split, Remember, You, you guys know, did the acoustic start. set. You guys were. I, I got to go to the setup without a trace and
1: sit in the trailers and all, and look at your expensive suits and spend all day doing like two lines. I'm like, God, this is a lot of patience.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things I like about be, that. That I have that. I guess if you want to call it a gift to learn, or I mean, to memorize lines stuff like that. Where it suited me really well is just recalling moments and conversations that I've had in my life. So I'll run into somebody that I haven't seen for, it could be 10 years, and I'll go, hey, do you remember when we were talking about that thing and that you you said this such and... And they go, how do you remember that? I'm like, I don't know. You got a recall. Literally, literally I will remember conversations. I'll remember like moments of things that happened. I mean, crazy little details that... Uh, like my friend who I had dinner with last night, I remember exactly where I met him over 30 years ago. We were talking last night, like, dude, we became friends over 30 years ago. And I said, I remember you were sitting in in your little kitchen in, in Manhattan beach. You were reading the LA times. You had a cup of coffee and I sat down and I talked to you. I was going on a rock climbing trip and you were, and I remember (laughs) thinking, I remember thinking, God, this guy's like I'm going. I'm going to screw up on a rock climbing trip in the desert, and this guy's already on his way. He's professional. He's got a tie on. He's he's going to be way more successful than me. You know, he's re- <laughs> he's Mister Responsible, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to go camping in the desert and climb rocks. You know,
1: I actually did camping in the desert, which I'm getting ready to go do. <laughs> uh, no, dude, I want to go with. I know. Just pack me in the bag. I'm going. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how it, Michelle's like, you can take my place. Yeah, I, take my, I got someone to volunteer their spot. It's uh, like it's not my instinct to do any of that stuff but I have become a little pseudo outdoorsman just given anything from motorcycles to hiking or whatever to get just being outside because I think that's there um, something about God put the garden and being outdoors for a reason or something and I I wasn't ever that much into that but what I was getting at was that you and I have come the long way and done just been friends whatever to this stream of, of career things or whatever and have wound up in the same place where we we're like okay this is good we've done some things that will, will be remembered we've done some things that are probably forgettable and it's not the answer and we're just kind of talking about that like it's it's not and it's not that you don't take pride in and your life and it's a a life well lived is meaningful because it is we're here for a reason and there's there's something about all that but I I love us uh, kind of arriving to the point as like older guys now it's so hard to say that but where after 25 years of friendship it's like okay we kind of did the thing we got it. There have been moments where, you know, it looked like everything was great and it wasn't. There have been moments that looked like everything was terrible and it's pretty great. Yep. And uh, no, I'm just, I'm proud of you, man. Just how you've sure. done, how you've done life. And, and uh, you know, from coast to coast, uh, we've been able to maintain it for a long time. It's pretty cool.
0: You know, yeah, it is true. We were very fortunate, man. And uh, look, you, and I know you'll agree with this. We got great wives. Incredibly, oh, no, no incredibly no supportive um, encouraging, you know, and uh, we're, we we are a couple lucky dudes to have the the ladies in our life that we have. Yeah, you know? I don't think
1: I would even be alive to be
0: honest. <laughs> I would, um, yeah, um, without without mine. Pretty amazing, right? Yeah, yeah and that's, um, you know, you said something earlier about. Uh, I think you were you you were talking about how you know. When life's going so great, you think, um you know, I, I think the comment you made was, yeah, you kind of like nothing can go wrong, right? You know that, that you, it's like it's perfect right now. Yeah, and that's that was kind of a lesson I learned too. Is I just thought, you know, hey, as long as I'm a good Christian boy and do it all right, you know, every life's gonna be, you know, nothing bad will happen. And that's that's such a false, you know, I I. I Yes, there's blessings. Don't don't get me wrong, but I think it's it's that journey of the 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 the, the mountain highs and the valley lows. It's all of it. Yeah. It's you know, it's all it's a journey that it's not we're not promised this this like Yeah, we we not, didn't earn any of it. No. We don't earn the grace. But we you, can earn, you, do. Yeah, you can think you, dude. There's
1: there's cause and effect. There's consequences yeah. for our actions. I mean if you uh, you're, by the way, become triathlon, man. I mean, you get the benefits of that, but you put the work into that. Yeah. So um, uh, I can't do a triathlon because I haven't trained that way. Well, you
0: know, and you know, it's, it, it's what, like, talking about the Ironman, you know, I never in my life thought I would ever be able to physically do an Ironman. You know, I did some short triathlons in LA and I was like, I remember in those, la- Matthew McConaughey was in one of them. Yeah. The dude's a stud, right? Yeah. I mean, just bottom line. And I remember I I got out of the water, um, and he was ahead of me, and and he that dude's ripped. He, he's just he's like you know he's just like an Adonis. Anyway, so McConaughey gets on his bike and uh, takes off, and um, oh, I'm sorry, I got out of the water ahead of him. I'm sorry, that was it. I remember I was out of the water ahead of him, and I got on not my that bike. much of an Adonis. Yeah. yeah, no, no, but it's different. So I got on my bike and I took off. And I was ahead of him, okay? And then I'm riding up this hill, and he just comes. (laughs) when he just just blows by me, this dude. And I got into the running portion of that. And I was on my way out. He was already on his way back. I mean, he was just cooking. I was like, that dudes he's a fit. And I was huffing and puffing on a four-mile run. The entire race was, I mean, maybe 20 miles total or 25 miles. An Ironman is uh, 140.6, okay? And when my brother was uh, dying, I was living here in Nashville, and I just had no energy to work out. I felt like all my energy was just dedicated to being there with him, and maybe I'd go for a hike on the trails that he loved to hike in and stuff like that. But when I got back home after he passed, one of my best friends uh, has done an Ironman a few times. And he kind of just brought it up one day saying, because I had said, man, I got to get back in shape. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. And, you know, I'm just haven't been putting any time in. And I like, I like physical exercise. And so he said to me, "Um, why don't you train with me? Maybe do this half Ironman in Salem, Oregon. I'm like 70 miles, dude. Like, really? He goes, you can do it. You can do it. I'm like, all right, well, listen, how about I do this? I'll just, I'll just train with you a little bit. I'll do some of the, swim and I'm not a good swimmer so you know I can surf but when there's nothing holding me afloat it's I'm not great you know and I said I'll I'll give it a go and then if I like it maybe I'll consider it so we go to the pool and I remember we start swimming I get down one length 25 meters and I'm coming back and I stop in the middle pool I'm like oh my and I'm like oh I put my foot feet down on the bottom like man I'm gonna feel like I'm gonna drown I mean, it was just brutal. And I thought I was going to draw to three feet of water at the Y before. Yes, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to stick with this. And so I kept doing, we would ride outdoors and we live in Bend, Oregon, which is like outdoor Mecca. It's a blast. Yeah. So I just started getting into it and I started committing. And then one day I'm like, you know what, dude, I'm going to commit to the race. I'm going to commit. Let's do it. So I signed up and I got into the training program and I'm like, I'm going to commit to this deal. And Brad, I can tell you, I can get in the pool now and I can swim in an hour and a half. Full hour and a half, full out the whole time. You're kidding. I mean, it's just the endurance and the repetition of doing it. I enjoy it. And mm-hmm. but I needed that. I needed that in my life at that time when I was going from losing, you know, not only a brother, but a best friend. Yeah. You know, I mean, we did everything together. So it, it was a big, a big hole there. And and I think God just is like you're, you have a lot of, you're an endurance guy. Yeah. And I discovered that I'm like, cause I'm, you love to lift weights. And I've told you this, that I, it's hard for me. Weightlifting I was going to give you
1: crap about not going to work out this morning because yeah. we were until I realized at some point you're going to try to take me on a run. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> not even giving yeah. him crap. And
0: I, I think weightlifting it. is important and I've got to you know yeah. get yeah. that more into my life. But I know that, that endurance stuff, that's my jam.
1: Yeah. yeah, and whatever it is, physical exercise is the best antidepressant. And I don't just mean it's, like, no. no. it's better than... <clears throat> it yeah. is. It's been it's proven, and awesome. I've read enough to be just common sense. I know my head... Because for one thing, I work out every day. So I, just, yeah. I need to take one day like, to kind of rest my head or my body. So Sundays, I try not to work out. Yeah. I'm depressed by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate it. So I try to do something like a, a yoga or something I don't ever do or, or, yeah. or hike or something... Because I literally, it it affects your body, but it affects your brain. And it's that's so important, man. I mean, it's it's that is the best. You can take all the therapy you want. You can take all the pills you want. It doesn't matter. Physical exercise and and the idea, it's the irony about kind of how this wraps into what we were talking about before, is that suffering is something I always try to avoid. I, I I've always worked we're out guilty, a little bit guilty, for a for twenty yeah. something years. where I've just worked out, but you know, just oh, whatever. And and my diet would be okay. But when saves passed, I was suffering, and there was nothing I could do about it. So I learned how to sit in suffering, and I learned how to operate during suffering. So now, I can like so I, I fast, and I used to think, "Well, I can't work out when I'm hungry." Oh yes, I can. I don't want to work out when I'm hungry. I work out every day while I'm hungry now because I've just gotten. And it's not some. I mean, believe me, I'm no. I'm no tough guy. I learned how to suffer. Mm-hmm. And it's helped every avenue of my life. So that is the physical suffering. So I've learned I'm a much better shape than I've ever been, much more vigorous at working out and diet or things that are because I've learned to suffer because I was given the gift of suffering with having to deal with it with sage. And there is something about it. Every aspect of my life, I have learned to suffer in. It's not just like, oh, I'm hungry, I have to eat. I don't think I'd ever been hungry since I was a kid and our food just sucked so bad at home that I just wouldn't eat something and it was really bad. Um, but I, and I realized uh, you could be hungry. You'll get over it. It's cool. It's just be hungry for a few hours. And it's kind of, it's a gift to go along with, with oh, I can work out until I feel like I'm going to pass out. It's kind of a cool feeling. The cold showers, the, I mean, all of it. I'm doing all of it because the idea that I can get comfortable being uncomfortable actually leads me to being comfortable more of the time because you are not going to avoid the pain. And that, that happens with us. Not just with our bodies, but in our lives, it's the pain is coming. If you haven't lost anyone or you haven't had a big event, God bless you.
0: It's coming, and maybe it's you. <laughs> hey, we suffer all the time. Even if you if you ever had the flu, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brutal. Ducks. Yeah, it is awful. Yeah, I mean, when you get it, you think I'm this. It's oh, it's just the worst. It hits you like a ton of bricks. That's suffering. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh... Have you ever heartbroken in high school? Yeah. That's suffering. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember a girlfriend broke up with me. I was I was gutted. It was so painful. I mean, it was like one of the most painful yeah. things i ever went through in my life. I was just like... It's wrecked. funny now. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't funny. I was wrecked, end. man. Yeah. My heart was broken. It was painful, <laughs> you know, but good came out of it. Look, I ended up meeting Carrie. I was know? gonna like, say,
1: yeah. if God knows what he's doing with that, then he knows what he's doing with your brother, with my son, and it's harder with as you get older and the things are more meaningful, but if I could trust him that the girl that you weren't supposed to be with in high school that broke your heart was okay. And that we would laugh about it yeah. now that one day over there, I'm going to be like, Oh, you really do what you were doing. Thank you for that. And I have seen, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, if I could take Sage back for 30 seconds and give everything out, I would take it. So I'm not spiritually arrived at that thing, but I can see the blessings in it. Yeah. and I, you, you'll you' I mean I'm sure you're finding some of them too painful yeah and it's a journey and yeah a bad day I have bad days there's some some days just suck
0: yeah there yeah there's days where you just you just that there's that overwhelming sense of missing your loved one who's gone. My yeah. friend
1: Tim O'Neill says,
0: uh, you're having a bad day, not a bad life
1: yeah <clears throat> you know what I mean or maybe even just a bad moment and and that's 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 super true. Sometimes I go, hey, this day is just going to be kind of thick. And then you wake up like on a day like today and and, and uh, Nashville occasionally will give you that perfect weather. And it was like, I've, I've been recovering from this sinus infection. And I told Michelle, I said, it's almost worth getting sick to feel so much better when you, when you get well. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of how we know we're having joy. Maybe that's why sorrow and joy are connected because we don't really know what joy is until we've had some. And look,
0: God understands suffering. He understands joy. I mean, they're, you know... Jesus suffered
1: specifically what I'm going through I, I can't look yeah. at God and go well, you don't know how this feels I'm like,
0: oh, well in in, in the, some people may completely disagree with me on this but I've thought about the fact that I I I don't uh say that I think I know this there are people and let me make sure I'm clear on what I'm saying here there are people who physically have suffered worse than Jesus did when he died on the cross. Sure. Physically, sure, for longer periods of burn time. Burn victims. Sure. My brother yeah. suffered pain for years. Years, yeah. like debilitating, debilitating pain. I mean, the stuff that I saw him, or like I said, a burn victim or a w- whatever. The pain he endured, nothing compares. The the spiritual pain that he endured when he took it all on. The rejection for our behalf. Of the people the that he literally was dying for. Yeah. Every sin you can ever imagine. The the what Hitler did, what these Jeffrey Dahmer's, the whoever Jeffrey Epstein. By the way, don't yeah, name yeah. your kid Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just bad. Odds are. Yeah, bad. I know it's pretty yeah. bad. Sorry. So, Sorry, all Jeffreys. Yeah. But it's like just call yourself Jeff. But think about that. That was the real suffering. Yeah. And we can't even understand it. We can't even comprehend that. And but he understands our pain. He understands our suffering. And I don't, look, I think there's, like you said, there's something that's wired into this world that we're in that involves suffering. Look, the childbirth, man. I mean, they talk about it in the Bible that, you know, woman's like scream. I've watched it. You have. It's And then all of a sudden, it's second it's over, it's like joy. The pain's just gone. It's just, right? It's like suddenly it's like you forget it. I'm, I'm speaking for my wife and this is what yeah, she said i don't know i don't, know for, I don't I know for a fact but i know when that fever breaks and that 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 flu is gone i'm like oh I just and he's kind of forgetting it's like yeah. all right oh yeah you don't know, remember like yeah, yeah. Sick.
1: oh you big sister you yeah. suck it up <laughs> yeah you know, it's, it's, it's uh, amnesia
0: you know but
1: it's it's an interesting thing about it but i um i haven't been robbed of a full plate you know i feel like i, I i've gotten to see the, the highs and the lows and, and, uh, what life is. And I am finding myself with the ability occasionally, but more on a regular basis to be grateful for the suffering. Cause that's when you learn, that's when you grow the workout that kills you is the one that, you know, it's funny. Cause I just got over a sinus infection thing. And, and, uh, this morning I worked out in full and it was, I wasn't feeling bad, but the previous days, it's just terrible to go through But I just did it anyway, and it's just something I wasn't capable of for, and it's the same thing spiritually and emotionally for me. Those days that I do not feel like getting on my knees or whatever it might be, I don't want to surrender to you today, God. And I think he's cool with us questioning and being mad, Mm -hmm. but one of the things, the reasons that I've widened my view of, as I've gotten closer to God, I've... I see less of the rules that I grew up in being as crucial because the last thing he said was you know forgive them they don't know what they're doing. So literally I want you to forgive the guys literally driving the nails at me. He's looking for a reason to include us in mm-hmm. all the good things that he wants. They're coming there. I just I I think I was taught some things that just don't don't line up with the God that I know now. He's looking for a reason for us to win. He's I I love C.S. Lewis's Hell is a Door Locked from the Inside. I don't know what's there, but I trust him. Mm. I do trust him. And um, I trust him regardless of whether I'm right about my thoughts or whether I'm wrong about it. I trust his judgment. And that is a cool place to get to. It took some extreme circumstances, but I'm not like leaning on my own understanding because I don't understand. But yeah. I, I, but I believe he does, and I believe I'm going to get there. That's,
0: I mean, that's you, a gift. Do, do you? I mean, would you agree that there is value in rules and boundaries? I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, right there. Schematic, like, okay, let's just say,
1: the, the rule of like we're talking. If, if we eat better and work out, I'm going to feel better. Right. So there are great. If you're moral and you don't cheat on your wife and cheat on your taxes, you're not going to get divorced and go to jail. You know what I'm saying? So there, the the
0: rules. People know that, still do it. <laughs> right, so the, I mean, I'm the that guy, happens right? That's the other guy.
1: If I if I drink all night, I'm going to feel like ass tomorrow. But right. I still am going to do it as an alcoholic when I can surrender enough to follow the rules that are there for me. But those are gifts. I believe the gospel and the rules are here for us on this earth. I don't so much believe that the rules are what God's going to love us because we follow them. I think He went. You want to have a good life? Do this.
0: Yeah. And so I we do that. I think there's benefit to certain things that God has said. I think He He looks at our. It's the reason we tell our kids certain things. You know, that's that's. Um, if you make that choice, your soul is, is going to hurt. You know, it's you know, it, you're, there's there's some pain. Whatever those things are, and I think God laid those out there. But does that does that make Him not love us? No. No. God, I hope not, because we There's don't nothing, nothing our kids could do would ever take that would make us not love them. And we think that we can outlove God. It's, it's exactly. If if he loves me anywhere near what I love
1: Sage, that he's looking for any way for us to be together. Anyway. And 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 eventually. And I'll I'll take, you know, when when Sage's passed, I Michelle and I are just sitting on the bed and and I said. If we thought we were going to miss the next thirty or forty years with him, but we knew we were gaining eternity, would would that be worth it? I'm like, yeah, of course it would. <clears throat> so if you have that kind of mind, and I I kind of hate when we, the Christian terms because I grew up with them and I was yeah. beat up with them, kingdom minded, are kingdom yeah. minded? but it's pretty accurate. Kingdom minded, um, <clears throat> and I, I'm going to cuss and say kingdom minded, so it keeps me from feeling like I'm using this, you know. But the truth is that. That kingdom mindedness causes me to want to, so I want to do better things now, far from perfect, far from perfect, not saying that it is, but I, I don't want the the bad things in me, the things that I used to want There's to. Nothing wrong with it's that. It's not yeah. the, the des, you know, the desires of your God will give you the desires of your heart. It's not that he gives you what you want. I believe he changes the it. desire. Um and so, yes, I do believe that the rules are there for us. And if you follow the Ten Commandments, and you were an atheist, you're going to have a better life because if you don't cheat, steal, kill, there's there's benefits to that, and there's obviously detriments to to doing those things that it warns against. Um, but I don't think it affects God's love for us. It may affect yeah. our love for God.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, look at our, look at our world. I mean, the less rules you have, the more chaotic and confused it gets, I I, I think. And, and there's a balance, you know, I, the, what I strongly believe is that love, even love is bigger than the rules. Yeah. Okay. Because so often we don't love people and make the rule more important than the love. Yeah, totally. Okay. It's, it's. It's like, I have several friends who've lost kids and the, the, the consistent thing they all say is I wish I hadn't been so tough on them, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I don't know if you ever said that to me, but it's, I think about the things that I have given my kids crap about and that I get all stressed out about. And, and I'm like, and, and I think, why am I making such a big deal about that? Why? why i
1: haven't already did exactly yeah. like that but i do say the most important thing to me is that he knew how much we loved him
0: yeah that's what i'm saying so Sometimes, that's close enough to what yeah. you're
1: saying because i do believe that whatever sacrifices that we try to give when we try to give him tough love were tougher on me than they were on him like you know what i mean the, yeah. yeah whatever things we have you want to give your kids everything i had to hold back from giving them everything if i thought it was good for them right and i think the same thing for for god he wants to give us b- blessing but we can we can screw that up by going, no, I'm not going to be able to handle that. Don't give me success or I will certainly <laughs> screw it up.
0: Yeah, it's like the lotto winners who just like,
1: you know. I mean, well, it's, highest rate of depression and suicide and whatever amongst any group of people I, I read somewhere is like lottery winners. Man, there's nothing worse than,
0: than money you didn't earn. Yeah. There's, there is a, there's a big responsibility. So what is that there to, to those who much are given much is required. It's right. a big responsibility and it can, and if you, if you lose your perspective, it can really, it can really mess you up. Yeah.
1: The okay. Peter principles out there, envying, I, I, we were talking about it before, but you know, uh, Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone get, had the chance to be rich and famous so they could understand that it's not the, the point. And, and, uh, that is the truth. Like, it's, it, there is no magic wand where this stuff doesn't go. And if we share it and and dissipate it to the point where we're, you know, able to function in society, good for us. But there's there's no there's no such thing as no pain. Um, we're gonna have it.
0: one hundred percent. Did I I saw this the other day. It just kind of blew me away. You talk about Jim Carrey. So I don't know if you remember four or five years ago, there was this false missile scare in Hawaii. Yeah, yes. And so I have friends that live there and they said it was crazy. People were literally putting their kids in manholes, like pulling the manholes and kissing their kids goodbye and, and weeping and just to save their kids, they were sticking them in the sewers in like Honolulu, right? My f- friend's daughter, uh, it's a great buddy of mine, he and his wife are asleep. His daughter comes in and wakes him up and goes, mom, dad, there's some sort of alarm on the phone It's saying there's an emergency and they kind of wake up and they look and and, and they're like, Oh, wow. It says there's a missile coming. They just prayed and they said, okay, God, we're probably going to, be if this is real, we're going to be with you in no time. And Jim Carrey, I just watched a video. Jim Carrey was in Hawaii and his assistant called him and was freaking out. She goes, 15 minutes and it's over. And he's like, what? And she tells him what's happening. And he goes, well, there's no way we have enough time to get to get together for me to get in my car and for us all to get, and he, get to the plane, right? And yeah. He says, we're going to die on the road. So he went out on the lanai of his where he was staying and he said, and I just started listing everything I was grateful for. Jim Carrey. And I was like, dude. I go, that's awesome. I mean, that perspective to just. Truth is, I He's learned a lot because I I know for a fact that that guy's had his own suffering. Sure. oh, success and the the pressure that comes with having to be that funny and that, he's like, he's the closest to like Robin Williams that I can think of, that mind of just, being that quick and just being that funny, the pressure to be that funny all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: because people meet you and they want to get a little performance in while you're... Yeah, say
0: that line, say that, that. you know, the the whole wherever he's like, boy, you know, whatever. We got to saying. spend the
1: weekend with Tom Hanks one time with, with, with the McGraws, and and, and I it, he's such a sweet guy, you know. He says and, he's a
0: grump. Like, I read interviews, he goes, oh, my kids will tell you I'm a grump. No, <laughs> no, but it's
1: like he kind of, at dinner, it was like, kind of like, okay, I'm going to give you 30 minutes of of entertainment and he was tom hanks and then the rest wow. of the time i was like all right let, let me just be here and you know yeah whatever he was doing hanging out but it was like it it's he kind of waited until dinner and then he kind of was super funny for about 30 minutes but i would love to be that i think i am by the way i think like my brother is um who you know very very well um we're so much alike and then we're so different in some ways and he's a little bit of a prepper He's got a lot of guns and ammo. He's got some astronaut food in the attic. You know, he's he definitely would last a month or so longer than me. He's after got the some... bunker. He's got the <laughs> he's uh he's prepared. And um we just kind of laugh about it. And I said, man, I kind of feel like like I think it was Kevin Hart told his kids that look, man, if, this, if the shit hits the fan, we're probably gonna die. <laughs> like I told my boys, I'm like, hey, we don't, we have some guns. We can stop one intruder. Um, we don't really hunt, we don't really fish. We don't really know what we're doing on the outside. I don't have any astronaut food in the garage. If the shit hits the fan, I love you guys. I'll see you in heaven. We're probably gonna. We're probably not gonna make it. And I think that's. I'm at peace with that. I'm same, at peace with here. with the. You know, I'm. A, we talk about money. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a frugal guy, and I've planned pretty well and whatever. And that used to just destroy me to think that the government could just push one button and all my in my savings or little retirement that I've set up could disappear. And I've come to the point where I'm, I'm at peace with the idea that this is this is. If you read Revelations and believe it at all, it's not going to really end all that smoothly. So, whenever the generation is that, that gets to experience whatever they get to experience, um, I want to be at peace with whatever it is. And if I get the call, I want to go sit out on the on the deck and list the things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, so much better of a way to go out than ah! freaking out. Um, the pandemic. <clears throat> I feel that w- with Sage because he he died during the pandemic. At a time where we couldn't go to AA meetings, he was going regularly and we were good, and he couldn't go. My biggest regret, period, is that I let that pandemic affect my behavior. I stayed in, I told him to come stay with us or invited him to come stay with us, but told him that if he didn't, then he we needed to, you know. I mean, by the that was that part was over by the time that he passed, he came, he, he wound up being here, but for a couple weeks there, it was just that time I will never. I will never let anything like that affect my behavior again. I will never let my spirituality my serenity be affected by fear because of all the things that I could go back on and regret, you know you, you twist through that. We did a lot of good things. nobody's perfect, but I really regret that I let that pandemic affect my behavior and it made me fearful. I'm not fearful of that and I won't be again. Well
0: that's a great I that's <clears throat> that's a great uh, step. Do you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, uh, it, look, the magnifying glass on the level of fear that we saw was, I mean, it just was the light that shone on, I mean, it was just so magnified. The, you really could see the fear in the fear knots. Do you know the fear? Yeah. Be, and no judgment. Yeah. Uh, because everybody, everybody's story is different, but... Th- th- it, and the other thing I realize is no matter like even on this us talking on this this podcast, there are gonna be people who are gonna have issues with things that we said. Sure. And there you go, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. Cool. You, you, the, yeah, it's fine. I'm very comfortable Scotty with that. Scotty Scheffler, the number one golfer in the world, says it's he goes, It's none of my business what other people think of me. I say it all the time. And I don't even know None of where my I got business it. what other people think of me. And I'm like, good for you, Scotty. It's all right. I don't care. It's like, you know what? everybody's different. We and, and I've also learned that if I went on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, or whatever, and I tweeted my opinion about something, am I really going to change people's minds? If I'm really, really passionate about something or adamant about something that I want, that I think that someone else should know, the w- the best way for someone to maybe have a change of heart, because it's happened to me when someone's got me to think about something. is in a relationship where you build trust. Right. That's where – going out there and waving my banner and saying this or that, people are – am I that arrogant that I'm going to think everybody's going to go, oh, Eric Close said I got to do this. Well, I'm going to do that now. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. believe that. It's yeah. like, no, it comes with comes with – you got to earn that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to earn it. Now, I'm one of those
1: people offended with the actor trying to tell me how to believe anyway. They but, stop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but
0: yeah. you can also... But I also think there are times when you may say something that could plant a seed. I don't think you... I don't think you completely shut your mouth. And I think that's... So there are things that I've heard or I've watched a video or something where I think, I don't know that I've completely changed my mind, but that's getting me to think about it. And so I don't... I think that's okay. And I think it's okay to have people disagree with you and, and hurl insults or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes you have to say these things like I'm okay having this conversation because I believe in what I'm saying. Yeah. And if, if other people don't buy it, they don't want to, that's fine. But my hope is that you and I sitting here talking that, that someone may, someone out there listening might go, gosh, that's exact. I needed to hear that. I, I am. I feel so alone right now in my journey and all of a sudden I'm like realizing, hey, those guys, I relate with them. And you know what I'm saying? Yes, and, having yeah, someone
1: yeah. be able to relate. So I'm, I'm in 12-step program, as you know, in recovery, and I, I sponsor people and I have a sponsor. And uh, some of them I completely disagree with politically, right? So it's just, of course, because no one has the same exact. And it's so good for me because I love these people. And I start to understand what they're saying. And then they start to understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of lack of, like, no one, usually the loudest voice is the inaccurate voice. Oh, the, the person that's adamant, that can't be wrong. I'm like, man, if you're not willing to curb or change, and I know that they call it compromise. And I, I hate the the way politics gets run. But nonetheless... If you're so sure that you're right about something you are unwilling to change, you're rarely the the, the the right voice. So I have beliefs and I have strong, I was raised thinking the death penalty was absolutely necessary and moral and godly, whatever. I do not agree with that anymore. I don't agree with the death penalty.
0: Because of your experience and the relationships you've made doing the prison ministry, right? Exactly. So I, I have relationships with people
1: on death row now. And it's very different when you personalize that person. And I think it can be the same thing if if, if you, uh, you're feeling about a convicted felon and when you depersonalize the things, it's very easy for us to, to nope, this is the rule, that's it, Psh, no, no changing. And I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying that I'm willing to change and learn and let God do with me what he needs to do to make my heart there, to try to be there in the best way for the most people. And that stringent, like heavy-handed, uh, heavy-handed thing. And at the same time, I'm still a rebellious jackass, and I was not getting a vaccine just based on rebellion. Like, just the fact that you're telling me to do it, that I have to. I'm out. Good for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just, but that, I, so the, you know, I think I said earlier when we were talking in the kitchen, like our, our all of our good characteristics or our, our bad characteristics are our good ones gone awry. You know, we've let them go haywire. And um, so I think my mom always told me I was rebellious. I I've wanted long hair since I was like three. And, uh, you know, she's like, you're just rebellious. and And I am. And I think sometimes it's a good thing. And then sometimes it's a bad thing.
0: You kind of alluded to it earlier. You know about being like an example to, because a lot of a lot of young actors come from you know what people call the flyover states or you know whatever. Um, Bobble you know, bill. I got married in a flyover state. My wife's from Kansas, so you know it's like, it, and the, I love the people, and you know I'm I've got roots in Indiana and Michigan. These are yeah, um, good people all across the country, and um, they come to Hollywood with dreams of you know being in the entertainment business being an actor they did drama in high school and they went to college and got there whatever it is they roll out there and they've they've and i don't even want to use the word conservative they just they they grew up in a christian home they they believe in those ideals of you know loving your neighbor and turning the other cheek or whatever those things that jesus talked about you know given the if a guy asks you to walk a mile with him, go two miles. If I mean, I love the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, the last guy you think is gonna stop for the the Jewish guy who's on the side of the road. You think the, the Levite and the priest they're gonna stop and help their own. No, it's the guy that the the guy laying on the road hates. My like, life experience I, makes that story not at all surprising. Yeah, but I love that story. I love that, st- I yeah, love that story. And I kind of tell you how many times where, I mean, I've been I've been humbled by my attitude towards. People that are different than me. There's been time, you know, this current generation kind of confuses me a little bit. Some of the things that, you know, oh, yeah. that's that are that are dominating the conversation. And I don't want to say like I'm I, Mr. Accepting. I think this generation's a bunch of lazy little pricks. It's great. But it's, I I'm also getting old. But there's a lot of, but there's also a lot of there's also a lot of brokenness and confusion, and and uh in that brokenness, there's a lot of broken relationships. And a lot of the younger generation, man, they're just searching for, they're, they're, they, they don't have a father in their life, whatever it is, and just searching for some sort of, to, to be known and to be validated. And I can either go, God, these guys are just knuckleheads. Or I can be like, I don't get it. I don't get your thing. But I'm going to be loving to you. So in in Hollywood, what what
1: what role does that play? Like there's a, there's, there's Clint Eastwood and there's you and there's like three other people that have, not not even I'm not even forget politically because I'm I'm a libertarian. Yeah, I'm being honest, like politics are polit- not politically, I mean. but just being like a Christian guy. You ever, you know, I think you, where is it direct or is it an underlying thing? I mean, it's there.
0: Yeah. So for me um i'm not uh i don't try to like hit people over i don't go out of my way just to for everybody totally I, not. you know everybody i meet that i'm just me that's right i i just for me that is i believe that i made a choice to to believe in jesus to follow jesus that his holy spirit lives in my life and guides me i don't always listen and i make I make I, look. I said it earlier. When I go on a set or something, I go, God, just guide me. The words that come out of my mouth, how I conduct myself, how I treat other people on set. I want to be respectful. I don't always get it right, um, and you know, I think a lot of people ask me, well, how do you? I've, and especially in the church, you know, sometimes you you can get really judged by if you're an actor. It's like, how could you go into that den? You know, the the pit of vipers, and and I'm like, you know, that's just where I've been called. Yeah. I've been called there. I don't know. I, people could say the same thing. I heard someone say the other day, like, "Oh, Satan's the 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 god of music," and and I'm like, mm, "I don't think so. I think that's music is such a an influence in a positive way for so many people that, you know, you can't, you know."
1: Brett and I actually wrote this song, but I, it's I, I've had this title for years. But it was I've seen the devil in church and God in a bar, you know, and and uh the I know I'm kind of unorthodox in my presentation of faith anyway, but I, it's just so real now. And so, and I use the word generic, but it's, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it in a positive way, this, this generic, because it's not so like we're, we're even within the de- denominations, the Presbyterians, when, here you can drink and here you can drink and here you got to, all of them, if, if you're a Baptist, which I was raised a Baptist <clears throat> and I love Baptist, whatever. And you think the Mormons have some crazy, beliefs they think you have some crazy beliefs and if you're catholic and you think the presbyterians are a little weird, if you're presbyterian you think the same thing somebody's wrong about a lot of this i'm just wiped most of that away um and therefore it 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 feels more i can bring up god in any situation without feeling bad the reason i would felt like cuz i used to feel guilty cuz i would kind of not want to talk about it it's because it comes with so much judgmental religion or it did for me came with so much judgment or religion, I didn't know how to talk about it without feeling like I was performing. And now I naturally, when God enters the situation and it's time for me to bring him up, I don't hesitate. I don't care who I'm with. I don't hesitate because it's so natural and it's so non-denominational and non-dogmatic. It's very real. And I'm grateful for that piece of of uh, experience that I can do that. And that probably is, you've never been the guy that I hear him. And you're a light in in Hollywood, not a you know, diving into the pit of vipers, whatever. I mean, everyone's got their, their, uh, their version of, of what everyone else should be doing. I mean, I think you've been great for Hollywood. Yeah.
0: And listen, man, I, there's certain projects that I, I avoid. Um, I love looking at everything. I love reading everything and, and, and look, people will formulate their own opinions. I, I had a friend of mine who I worked with before who didn't send me a script because he goes, Oh, I know you're religious. And I didn't think you'd want to do it. I'm like, dude, Send me everything. I want. Yeah. I love everything you write. I want to look at your script. Let me make that choice. Let me decide. Don't decide for me because you think, oh, he's he's a religious guy. He won't do that. Um, I for me w- w- because y- again, you can't please everybody. Okay, yeah. it's just you, I, man. You can work on Mister Rogers and someone to have an issue with something. You know what I'm saying? It's like puppets yeah, are sinners. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever you just there's always going to be something. So for me, I um. I always look at uh, a script. Like take Breaking Bad for example. There, that He's show, brilliant. It's okay, one of the most are. brilliant shows I've ever. Brilliant. But what you see is its consequences for your actions. I totally agree. Right. I this is on. a show, and there is redeeming value in there. There's some. If you can find something redeeming, it. And so I look at that, and I always think, if. If the bad guy's just glorified and then you're basically saying it's good to be bad, I don't like that. But if I, but if you look into the soul of that person and you see, like I literally was thinking this morning, I was laying there in bed thinking about before he came over and I thought, wouldn't that be crazy to do a show that looks at what would have happened had Walter White, Gus Fring, uh, name any show on TV. Found God. Where, where those guys found God before he made the choice to become... Heisenberg, right? And you know, think about what a different story that life, what, what Heisenberg would have done. He wouldn't have been making math. He would have been doing something like totally, he would have been like, you know, running around with, you know. First of all, they don't <laughs> make TV
1: shows about people that make good decisions. They don't. It's they like, don't. It's, Every, yeah, it's all about the, the, the totally screwed up We were watching you- Succession last night. Yeah, and, right. and and I looked over to Michelle, I said, there's not one decent person on this
0: show. No. <laughs> you know, they're just... T V people are a mess. And maybe this, maybe this. it makes people feel better about themselves. It's that I wonder if that. that's it. They're like, and at then, least I'm not Walter White. Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> Here's so- the thing about Breaking Bad. It's funny that you brought that up. Yeah. I think Breaking Bad is the ultimate long form series watch that that is the frog in the boiling water. It's just little by little by little yeah. by little. And you don't don't jump out. And I'm like, yeah, start with the good decision early. You don't get to the bad one. But anyway, I find a lot of spirituality in Breaking Bad. I know I would never tell my mom to watch it or anything. Right. It's a great show. Um, and I, somebody's got a problem with that. Somebody has a problem with everything. You're, I've gone from well, you can't please everyone. To you can't really please
0: anyone. Yeah. And if so you're the, the person that's yeah, going to be offended, you're str- gonna... I, I think a lot of us struggle with that because, especially if you're a people pleaser and you want people to like you, my job is for some reason, for whatever reason, I I just truly believe I was I was this was my calling to be in this yeah. business to tell stories, and 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 then my job is just to love who. To love the people that God puts in front of me. That's my job. Yep. My my father-in-law, I'll tell you a quick story. My father-in-law's got cancer, okay? And he goes to this treatment once a week to get shots and blood stuff and his medicine or whatever. And there was this dude in there, This and my father-in-law I just saw him one day in there, and he's like, I just think God's telling me to go over and talk to that guy. So my father-in-law goes over and he goes, hey, I'm Sam. And, and the guy goes, I'm Top Cat. And my, and my father-in-law goes, well, nice to meet you, Top Cat. And so kind of struck up a conversation then they saw each other the next week and then eventually they started getting to know each other he's like hey let's go grab mcdonald's you want to do that sure yeah we'll do that so they go they developed this friendship over the last two or three years Topcat was a college level elite basketball player got a full ride scholarship and then found out he could make better money dealing drugs got in now in the street got busted went to prison the whole thing got out and his life his life took a totally different course than had maybe he stayed with it and went the basketball route and the whole thing, okay? My father-in-law and that dude became dear friends, and Top Cat just died. Mm. And my father-in-law is gutted about it. But y- you know what I'm saying? It's like he just said, my father-in-law has this saying, especially since he found out he had cancer 12 years ago, whatever, he goes, I'm just going to love whoever God puts in front of me. Yes. and. Wow. Right? Isn't is isn't that it's pretty simple? It is. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's not
1: easy, but it's pretty
0: simple. It's not easy cuz a lot of times the people that God puts in front of us, we don't really like or don't agree with what they're especially in this day and age with politics and all that. There's people oh. that and and so I've just always tell people, "Hey, we may disagree on political stuff, but I still love you." And let's there's so much more about our relationship about whether who you know what we think of these I'm not losing any more
1: friends over politics.
0: I'm not doing it. And I'll tell you this. I even,
1: maybe not that long ago, I would have been offended with someone who cussed and talked about God in the same paragraph. And (laughs) so I was someone who, I just have a dirty mouth. Sorry, mom. Um, I I was someone who would cuss. But so here's what I did. Instead of, I just wouldn't talk about God because I'm like, well, I I know I'm going to cuss. So I'm not going to talk about God because then that person will think I'm hypocritical. Yeah. What a terrible... Just a conclusion to come to for that. Oh, hey, here's how to fix it. I just don't talk about God. I, I am. I am not. No longer offended with almost anything. And I yeah love the person in front of you. Yeah. And by the way, if it's easy, then it's. Then anyway, I, I
0: love that Bible verse where Jesus goes, Hey. Before you worry about the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, take care of the log in your own eye. (laughs) I
1: like, it's funny doing this podcast. I've got emails for like, thank you for the, thank you for one of my great friends. Uh, I won't mention, but it said, thank you for the mild profanity because it literally humanizes this thing. It's God God
0: present, not churchy. I got to the point where I went, wait a minute. I know a lot of believers that do swear. And I go, is it really, like, is God going to... Not are more worried to, about
1: it than he is. I know. Guaranteed. Yeah, We're more worried about the it than he is. The things
0: that we put our attention in and, and that we really, we we can really hurt people by our judgments. Yeah. Um, I've been, you know, I've hurt people with my judgments and I've been hurt by being judged. Absolutely. Me too. And, and I might be hurting people with judgments. Yeah. yeah, you
1: work on it. Um, okay, so before we go, there's a two-part question I ask everybody.
0: Uh-huh. Okay.
1: So uh, uh, what what is the worst thing that's ever happened to you and what's the best thing that came out of that?
0: Um, well, I mean, the, the bottom line is the worst thing that ever happened to me was losing my brother. No, no question. That has been the, uh, yeah, there's just, you know, n- no, no comparison to having something like that happen, you know? Um, because, you know, you talked about, it. if you could trade something to have them back, but I have a I have a feeling Christopher would be saying to me, dude dude no 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 no, no. I don't want to come back bro too seriously. No, yeah no He's like you have he goes, I can't wait till you get here, believe me. So that would be the worst thing. I, I think that I don't know that I've gotten to the point where I know the best thing that's come out of it yet. I think I'm in the I think I'm still in that journey, you know I'm still. I'm 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 still navigating that grief. Um, uh, it's definitely it's definitely given me a different perspective on what's important. Mm-hmm. I will I'll say that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, even and I said I'm, I'm intentional about friendships. I'm even more intentional about those friendships. Yeah. Even more. You came a long
1: way to do this today, you know?
0: Yeah. And yeah, but I love you. And I, you know, you know, I would be here. Yeah. Um, I love you too. There's no distance. Um, uh, I think it, I I wanted to be careful, sounding cliche, like, oh, it's made me closer to God. Um, I I talk to God a lot. I, you know, um, so definitely, but, you know, I feel like I've been close to God for a long time and walking with Him a lot and Him putting up with me. But I would say, yeah. The answer to that question is the real truth of it is I'm still learning, and I I don't know if I have like a real specific answer on that. Worst thing is losing my brother, but the best thing to come out of that um, I don't know what it is yet. You know, I'm grateful for this journey, um, and I think it's why you know we enjoy riding Harleys and stuff. It's just like you know you talked about the pandemic. I and everybody's journey was different, but I was I just want I'm not going to let this, this this thing keep me from living. During the middle of the pandemic, my wife and I were away. We went uh, wine tasting, and, I mean, everybody was just, no one was there. It was like we had the winery to ourselves because, you know, and they had the mask rules, you had to mask up or whatever. And so we went and did our thing. Well, I get a text from my brother-in-law, and and at the time, my mother-in-law um, had cancer, Carrie's my wife's mom. And she was starting to go downhill, and my brother-in-law texted me at, like, 6 30 in the morning he goes call me immediately i need to talk to you and i go whoa i wonder what's up so i go out to the truck carrie's still sleeping and i text like what's up he says i don't know he goes god just put it on my heart that we need to get together and have a family reunion like now and he goes and i know i don't know what's going to happen because we're in the middle of the pandemic and i know people aren't traveling so i don't know if people are going to be willing to fly or whatever but there's this place in like colorado where carrie's family has been going for years okay and so he says what do you think and i said i'm in And I know Carrie will be in, let's figure it out. So we put it out there to the whole family and everybody goes, let's do it. Some people weren't comfortable flying. So they go, we'll drive and make the 12, 15 hour drive and Carrie and I are, we'll fly. So we all go, we rent a house and we all get there and we we have this reunion and we have an amazing time. We hike, my brother-in-law and I are sitting there on the couch one morning and he goes, hey, I've been thinking about getting baptized. Would you baptize me? And I'm like, really? And he goes, Yeah, I would just, I would just, I just think I'm time. It's ready. So we go down to this river, the San Juan River, and we go out and it's rocks out in the middle or thing. It was just this perfect spot. And his mom and dad, my my wife's parents, come down and they're sitting there, and his, my brother's wife and her and their kids, and they're all watching. And I go out there, and I'd never baptized anybody in my life. And I so I I baptize them and we were just hugging out in the river, and we go back up on the shore. And this guy walks up and he's just kind of standing there and he's kind of shaking and a young kid. And I look and I, at first I was like, why is this guy like lurking over my shoulder? And so we started up a conversation with him and he goes, Hey, how's it going, man? That was so cool. And he starts tearing up and he goes, my name's TJ. And and he goes, um, I'm really having a hard time. And he goes, I, uh, I drink like a case of beer every day. And I just came from the liquor store and and I saw you guys out there and I'm just like, wow, it's amazing. And he goes, I went to the liquor store this morning to buy my case. And I, for some reason, I only bought one beer and I just kind of started drinking it. And I I felt called to go to the river today. And I came down here and I see you guys out there. And he goes, I used to go to church, but I kind of fallen away. And, and he just starts pouring his heart and I'm like, okay, this is such a God moment because My brother-in-law just got baptized. And so I go, what's your name? He goes, my name's TJ. And I go, hey, TJ, man, it's nice to meet you. And we start talking and something. and he goes, I want to go back to church and I'm just struggling. And I go, and I said, is there any reason you wouldn't want to just like recommit right now and get baptized? I go, have you ever been baptized? He goes, no, maybe as a baby. And I go, come on, dude, let's go. And he just pulls his shirt off and he's got this cross on. It's an amazing thing. And he goes, yeah, my sister made me this and gave it to me. And we go out and we pray in the middle of the river and I baptize this dude, TJ. (laughs) And I still pray for that guy today. I don't know what his journey is. I don't know if he's still hitting the case a day or whatever, but it was just like, I was in that moment and God showed up. But here's the cap to the story. We have this amazing week that happens. We all go home, navigate the pandemic and everything. And my wife flies down to Wichita to see her mom for Christmas. And they decorate the tree and they do the whole thing. And it was like beginning of, you know, just right around getting ready for Christmas time. And my mother-in-law basically wakes up, something's wrong and dies in my wife's arms and my father-in-law's arms. My mother, just sudden gone. John was flying there the next day to see her and he missed her. But had we not done that trip... he wouldn't have seen his mom at all. No. You know what I'm saying? And so we we can't live in fear. Yeah. You can be yeah. careful. I think it's okay to be careful. I think, you know, you, you got to listen to that. And when when I ride motorcycles, I wear a helmet. but I'm going to keep riding, man. Me too. And I'm not going to go 100 miles an hour down the freeway, but I'm going to ride and I'm going to enjoy my life. And And if God says it's time for you to come home, your journey's done. Okay, great. But I'm not going to live my life in fear of what other people think. Or what you know? Someone says, "Oh, I would never do that." It's like, man, this this so many. This life is such an incredible adventure if you're just open to it. Hundred
1: percent. Because uh, when when before Sage died, before the pandemic and whatever, I was thinking about getting rid of my motorcycle. Oh my god, Nashville's getting crazy with actually florida i ride motorcycles down there there is no helmet line i don't wear a helmet i'm ready to, i'm ready to go home to see jesus all in all if, if we do the motorcycle wreck i'm gonna come ride with you there dude i'm telling you but i almost stopped riding yeah. and it was gonna sell my bike and then uh when sage passed i st- when I started riding it and i'm just free and i'm not i'm, I'm, st- I'm cautious yeah there's just there's an instinct for us to pre- self-preservation or something but it's completely different. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not running
0: scared anymore. And it doesn't, with whatever. And uh, that's a great place to be. That's, that's. I think that would be one lesson, is not being afraid to go. I'm like, it's, and you and I have talked about that. That is a blessing. I, I if, if I got to go and, I mean, look, I like being here, but if I got to go and be with my brother. Yeah, okay? I think
1: we're programmed to, to stay yeah. here as long as we yeah. can, but... I've told you this before. I mean, I've, I've been flown all over the world, being afraid to fly. I hate fly. I always I hate it. You're more
0: afraid of failure, right? That's yeah, that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah thank God. I heard that. That's a just great. Don't point. care.
1: Yeah. Just don't care anymore. Just doesn't. It just doesn't affect me. It don't. Yeah. I, I mean, whatever's going on there, I'm like, oh, this, this is this would be a cool way to go. It, not being as scared of the result. Not it's being the
0: a, process. I don't think we're all we're all excited. Like, I wouldn't want to go through it. I'm afraid of daughter. dying, but not death. Yeah, exactly. You, you know exactly. what I mean? Hey, I got news for you. One hundred percent of us. It's gonna we die. All, we all get to stand before God. Everyone every single it's like we live our life but like we're not going to. It's crazy it's the weirdest thing, man. Like, it's like it's 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 as real as being born. Yeah. It's as much a part of this journey. And I, I don't I don't know why I mean it's, I think it's even more difficult when life's pretty good. We were, we were very fortunate to live in this country. I mean, I traveled Africa with Carrie, and it's a whole different world, but man, you can be in some of the poorest communities and still see joy.
1: Oh yeah, it's just joy. I'll tell you this, and I'll end with this
0: too. Yeah.
1: Uh, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. And you live, mm. you live. Your brother lived, you've taught me. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm just from our friendship and more apt to go do something like I'm gonna do next week. Uh, in the bottom of the Grand Canyon and I'm sleeping on a bed of rocks or something. I'm like, what is Eric thinking? This sucks. (laughs) But I'm so much more prone to do that because I know you. So thank you. Thanks for coming. I love you, man. I love you too. Appreciate you, brother. To be continued, right? Yes, to be continued. More of this. Love you,
0: man. Love you too.